Welcome to Pitch Day. Those people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that actually do. Starting a company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Join our host, Seb Willems, on a journey to discover startups and the roller coaster they are on. Basically, overnight, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Um, we we were immediately like introduced to uh, our local palliative care team, and that was my first time ever hearing of palliative care. But that started um, like uh, over the next year. Me and my sisters uh, had to take on the caregiving role and really help my mom be supported uh, at home where she wanted to stay. Um, and a lot of the support that we got was amazing. Um, it was also great that we were able to be there and be with her and really spend that time with her. But we made so many mistakes. There were so many things that in hindsight, with everything I know now, um, that we could have avoided to help my mom be more comfortable, to help her uh, deal better with her symptoms and just for everyone to just um, have a better time at that. That was how many years ago? That was in 2019. 2019. Yeah. And she passed away a year later in uh, November 2020. When or how did you decide to actually start a company around what you experienced or, you know, the, the things that you learned, let's say? Yeah, um, it took quite a long time. Uh, I went back to work and kind of life turned back to normal. But I was still left with this feeling that I just felt like my life had changed. But mm -hmm. I had to go back to that old life and it just didn't feel like a good fit anymore. But I still didn't have the idea for PAL back then. I just knew reflecting back on it, I, I knew that it had not been the best experience and I felt like there were things that could have been improved and better for me to also do better in my role as a caregiver. Mm. But it then took a whole uh, year before the idea for PAL actually um, came about. So in, you decided to go to Antler. Mm. Did you, first of all, why why Antler? Why did you decide to go to Antler and not a a different other other incubator or um yeah so why i decided to go for an incubator at all mm -hmm. uh, yeah, was well. a bit uh so so in my past life i was a consultant yeah and i just felt like i was so far away from startups and how to get started that i felt like i needed a bit of help like what mm. do i start with like someone to kind of help a bit with that initial process of just right. figuring everything out so that's why I um, decided to to go for an incubator. Because you were working in EY, right? So so I was working um, as a strategy consultant. So I was in healthcare. I was working mm. for like large pharma companies on the commercial strategies and digital health initiatives as well. Um, but I think that going to Antler, that was a bit more like dipping my toe into it. Mm. I didn't quit my job before going. It right. was kind of meant to be like a three-month sabbatical. And then I would like, reassess what should I do with my life uh, right. now um, but then uh, obviously I met uh, my amazing co-founder we ended mm. up getting an investment and uh, we started PAL and then I pretty much the day after we got the investment I called my old boss and he already knew when I called that I was going to tell him that I was uh, quitting mm. um, yeah so that's all how right, we got right, started so, so how did you get into Antler that, so or mm. so why Antler and how did you get in yeah I had some um, some acquaintances that had mm -hmm. gone through the Antler process and they had gotten uh, funding. Right. And it just seemed like, uh, yeah, kind of a tried and tested method okay. that, that seemed to work since I had uh, a couple of connections. 
and uh, that's why I, I applied and uh, and ended up moving to Amsterdam. And to did you apply? Participate. Did you apply with PAL or as with PAL as sort of uh, concept, or or did you sort of go in as uh, like I'm looking for a co-founder and looking for opportunities or yeah. So at that point in time, PAL was not even an idea I had. Right. I actually applied with a different idea in also in digital health. Okay. But it was very, very different. And it didn't really catch on in the program for many different reasons. Uh, in hindsight, I don't think that the idea could have worked at all. It was a bit too like ambitious. Uh, yeah. And not, uh, not very well thought through, but it was more an idea that I'd had maybe a couple of weeks and mm. you kind of had to apply with where they encouraged you to apply with an idea. Uh, so in principle, I came to Antler just looking for a co-founder and just figuring out like, um, how do I get started with something? So I right. had a pretty open mind uh, going into the right. program. And Asi, what was your experience? Why did you decide to move into the startup world and, and then uh, go to Antler where you then ran into Nara? Mine was entirely different than Nara's. In that I always worked in small teams, entrepreneurial spaces, mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted to be in the entrepreneurial space. I knew I wanted to start my own company at some point. Um, and had I done it in Dubai, I had the network and I knew mm -hmm. the people and I knew the startup world and the processes. Yeah. But because it was in the Netherlands, Antler seemed like a, a great kind of crash course into how to set up a company in the Netherlands and also give you the network. Um, but but why did you end up in the Netherlands? I mean, how did that happen? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, I wanted to leave Dubai. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For reasons. For reasons. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> All right. Um, Over dinner, I'll tell you more. Okay. At okay. A later Interesting. Time. <laughs> um, but so you wanted to go. Well, you wanted to move. Yeah. Uh, and you wanted to go into. You want to start your own your own startup. Yes. And so you thought Andler is a good way to start and find yeah. a co-founder. And yeah. did you did you also come in with a with a different idea then? Yeah. Um, well, Or, I actually had a bit of a, a second motive as well. <laughs> I was living in the Netherlands in Amsterdam for some time, but it was right off the back of COVID. Also, when we joined, it was like during COVID and after lockdown. So I also like really wanted to meet people and make friends and hmm. like just make a network and like uh, meet the group of people that are like-minded in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. So that was one of my goals. I thought, if nothing comes out of it, I'll be in a cohort with 50, 60 people that uh, are in the same space and I'll meet some interesting people. Um, I actually didn't fully apply. I went on Antler and I added my details. There was like a five-step application page and I just kind of put my email to go to the next step to see what the application requirement is And I never finished it. But then the next day, somebody from Antler emailed me and said, hey, can we set up an interview? Okay. So I kind of skipped the first <laughs> half. Uh, and then, yeah, when I had the interview, I was like, yeah, it seems like a great opportunity to meet people, but also learn about the eco space in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So how did you then meet within the program? In, in, so within Antler, how, how quickly was that? I mean, was that on day one or... It was before day one. <laughs> before day one. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was living in Amsterdam. Nara was uh, in Germany at the time. And we had a Slack group for everyone who joined Antler. They would ah. be invited to the Slack group for everyone to kind of uh, right. meet offline and online. Well, well, it's sort of day one. I mean, yeah, 
but day one of the yeah, entire pro, not yeah. the physical mm, maybe, exactly. but the, yeah. But that, so that was day one. So you got into the Slack yeah. part of things yeah. yeah, and then you already started to talk to each other. Yeah. But how, how quickly did you really feel like, all right, this could be, yeah, my co-founder. So, I mean, I think we immediately hit it off. Like we definitely, I think there was a mutual kind of worst case we'll become friends. I'm not sure if we actually, either one of us kind of assumed we would like end up founding a company together. I don't yeah. think that over the first week at least. Um, and then what you have to understand about these uh, incubators or accelerators is that there's a lot of ups and downs and kind of you need to network with everyone. You need to work with a lot of people. So um, there's a lot of these things happening in the, especially in the two first weeks. Yeah. But I think at the back of probably like early week two, end of week two, we definitely had... Um, um, yeah, started thinking about working together. And Asi was there when I kind of came up with the idea of PAL or when we started coming up with the idea of PAL together. Mm -hmm. Because since we uh, had become friends like very quickly in the program, I told her also about my story and everything with my mom. And we started talking about like, okay, but how can we change this? This sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. But then um, I actually ended up like tracking out in the program with someone else, a CTO, which just like that was kind of, recommended that a non-technical founder should find a technical founder Yeah, that was one of my questions yeah yeah exactly so yeah so you but that didn't work out with that more technical founder that you no exactly i mean we had known each other a week so i, I don't yeah. think that's necessarily surprising oh no that can happen but then uh, then asi yeah. was there like a vulture ready to pick up the <laughs> leftovers <laughs> I've she heard was in tears. nice and shining armor. Like, <laughs> this is not how she tells the story. <laughs> we, we have different sides of the story, but no, but for sure, um, I, there, there may have been tears. And, and then luckily, um, yeah, we, we both came to our senses and we started working together. Hmm. Yeah, very, very quickly. All right. All right. Um, so, th but that, that, I mean, that technical co-founder is... Is that like a, th a recurring, reoccurring theme or thing? I can imagine that you, know, you sometimes feel like, oh, yeah, it would be, it would be nice if we would have a technical co-founder, maybe a third co-founder. Yeah. We definitely considered having a third co-founder when we were in the Adler program. We even had conversations with multiple people. Um, I think it came to the fact that, well, there wasn't the right fit within the Antler program. And we felt like there's so many other aspects of PAL that we can build together that doesn't require or need a technical co-founder. Um, we also got really lucky from the start because uh, there was someone else in the program that then uh, eventually became our CTO uh, and uh, on an as-needed basis. And he was kind of with us from the start as well. So uh, whenever we needed uh, kind of a technical sounding board, um, in however detail or big picture that we wanted to discuss, he was always there and he's still mm. with us today. Uh, so we had that support and that knowledge. So how did you figure out the next steps together? Where did you where did you start? So I think we, we actually started out very like from the very beginning with um, a solution that is fairly similar to what we have today. It was this very strong um, hypothesis, I guess, mm. that I had that in order to solve uh, all of these problems that are going on with palliative care um, in terms of patients being at home mostly, in terms of the healthcare system being completely um, um, under pressure and with staff shortages and everything, there is no solution where you can just put a lot more people at the problem. Like 
we need to solve issues like accessibility and affordability. And with my experience as being a family caregiver, and I was there all the time and I wanted to help my mom as best as I could, I had this very strong hypothesis that if we just leverage all of these people, these family members and friends who are there, and I should give them the tools and the insights and the guidance and the information that they need, that is already solving a lot of the problems. Not all of them, but quite a few. So that's, that has always been like one of our like um, guiding uh, principles, I think, from the beginning. But of course, since then, our, our our solution and everything else, like especially in terms of business model and other aspects, that has all been been changing a lot since since the very beginning. Hmm. And and at the end of the program, so within Andler, what, what did you have, or you know, what was the status, and how did you how did you end the program? Um, we what did we have? We had a prototype. We had done a lot of research and uh, interviews, and we, uh, yeah, what we had really like that was a really strong point. For, like Nara said from the beginning, for both of us was that our problem never changed. Our mm -hmm. problem was really strong, and we knew there was a lot of problems in the space and a lot of challenges that we can tackle, but uh, all catering to the same people and catering to the same problem. Um, so yeah, we had a very strong story. We had a very strong pitch deck. Uh, and uh, a prototype and uh, the user insights and interviews to back it up. Hmm. Um, and that's what we pitched at the final ICF Antler with. Yeah, and, and they invested in you, right? Yes. You were one of the few. One, yeah, we we're one of three companies. Three out of? Um, well, we were 55 people to start with, but uh, they kept uh, like um, teams they would remove teams as we go on. Right. So yeah. not all the teams made it to the last pitch. I think mm -hmm. there were seven or eight teams that made it to the last right. pitch. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a, that's a quite an accomplishment, right? Yeah. Already. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is we always had this insane confidence that we would end up getting the investment, which in hindsight, you like, have I'm to not, have that. You have yeah. to. Yeah. That's really good. We just always believed so much <laughs> in the idea and the problem space and ourselves, even when, you know, sometimes we would get uh, pushed on the fact that we didn't have a technical co-founder. Mm -hmm. That was one of the main points, I think, that we had to overcome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But then um, I think that we also convinced them a lot by uh showing that we actually could build the prototype hmm. we basically just learned how to do that ourselves and built it in like three days or something wow. so i think that was one of the the key things that we did to to convince them and i think that's also something that that in general is imp important in these type of um, incubators and accelerators that you just need to show how scrappy you are and, yeah. yeah yeah right exactly okay so so then you got that investment so that's 100k right yeah for 10 yeah. i think that's What, yeah, the, the, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's what the, their website says, I think. Right. That's on the that's on the Antler side, right? Or. <laughs> But that, I think they've mm, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's a bit more now. They want more. <laughs> All right. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you know, I won't, won't go into that. But um, so that that helps you, uh, you know, kickstart everything. So you know, uh, I I exactly know. I I had a, have a different story, but. I know the feeling, but it, it, you have a kickstart. That's the most important thing, right? So yeah. from there, uh, so with that money, how did you uh, evolve the company with that initial funding, let's say? I think one of the things that we knew from the beginning, but also like from the advice um, of a lot of people that we spoke with was that 
we knew that was enough money to do much with and that we need to use that money to be able to secure more funding and right. also then in the meantime to grow the company to develop as much as we can um and that's what we did we mm-hmm. uh went out and did uh, spent a lot of time doing uh more uh user research and interviews uh to really make sure that we're not banking on Nara's personal experience alone uh, but uh, to take into account everyone else's experiences and challenges as well um, mm-hmm. but did you also start raising pretty quickly then for the I mean mm, yeah. yeah a lot of the work we did yeah. then was also to build a, build a very solid uh, pitch deck mm-hmm. and also what I think maybe we can remind uh, people of is that this was in very early 2022 so we got yeah. the money from Antler January 2022 and that was kind of like at the back of everything happening in 2021 where so mm-hmm. it was a really good uh, uh the advice we got was go out and race quickly race mm-hmm. on vision and the fact that you know we got this money from antler so we then spent like the first three months after getting that money we spent that on you know building a really solid deck doing all this additional work that we needed then we started fundraising and then i think we were done at that point in like april 2022 where it was everything about you know all the uh, like global VCs coming with this advice that everything is just shutting down like nothing. Yep. So we were kind of standing there like, okay, we've now, we hadn't burned through a lot of the money, but we had definitely like spent that money in mm. the um, uh, ambition that we could raise quickly. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of where we were. And that was a, a bit of a... Rough spot. It was a rough spot for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, because we did then need to reassess, okay, how do we now uh, change our approach to to still get funds, but also to build some traction mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so where will the, the, the bulk of the revenue come from? Um, can, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of the revenue streams, and yeah. I think this is also where um, we've also had to reassess a little bit the, our approach, and we have pivoted a lot on, the, on our objectives and, and what we think will be the most sustainable revenue streams. But we see it as a bit of like an evolution, and that is because we are operating in healthcare. Even if our um, our product in many ways is built for consumers, like patients and family members, we're still in the healthcare space. Um, and at the end of the day, it's also the healthcare system that can benefit from it. So um, we we do now, right now, we have more of a B2B2C model uh, where we're working with organizations and healthcare providers to, to provide this family-oriented solution that we have. But the more sustainable uh, business model comes more from selling into healthcare providers and insurance companies, uh, health insurance companies directly. Um, so as a sort of a white label solution then, or how, how do I... Yeah, white label uh, for insurance companies, that's a bit further down the road. Right now, our focus is more on healthcare providers like uh, mm. hospitals and, and palliative care teams in general. Um, yeah. And, and th- then they, they will actually... Um, give pa- give PAL to their customers or yeah okay yeah right. so PAL isn't only the family facing solution it does do that that it really helps these family caregivers become better carers uh, so that the the healthcare providers can get uh, help from them with caring for the patient um, but there's also a lot of issues with not actually having insight into what is going on with patients in the home setting so a lot of GPs. Um, uh, pal- palliative care teams and and also um, district nurses in general, they don't really have insight into knowing what is going on with these patients. And there's usually many months that goes uh, in between doctors' visits when they're a bit earlier in their um, in their journey, 
and uh, we are offering them actually uh, access to to get these insights so they can better plan what type of care they need to provide and, and also prioritize uh, which patients that, that are, are in the biggest need of uh, support right now. Right. And so I think you, you just launched the new version of the app, right? Yeah. What what are the, the big new changes or features or why 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 is that funny? <laughs> no, I'm just smiling. No, we're really <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so our app at the moment is uh, patient facing. So we're building a lot of uh, adding a lot of tools to help them. Uh, really make the most of the major functionalities that we have, which is uh, help them monitor symptoms, help them better plan care together and organize between themselves and help them upscale so that they have access to uh, content and very practical tips and tools uh, at uh, at home. Uh, so we don't want to exactly go and build additional features and functionalities we're building on top of this a lot more so we have uh, journal entries which was actually a couple of them were actually requested by some of our users in conversations with them um, and upvoted by uh, other users so one of them is journal entries to make sure that we uh, uh, also uh, are able to record and uh, like uh, wellness observations and how patients doing not just symptoms but uh, their sleep, their mood, uh, mobility and everything else. Uh, and also a few productivity features to help them, for example, sync their calendars with their uh, Google and Outlook calendars mm. so that they can have better access. Uh, so we're trying to help them make the most of uh, PAL. Hmm. That sounds good. Uh, and I, I, I saw this, yeah, I think, Nara, you, you posted something about confetti. What was that? <laughs> Well, there, I, I didn't get get the joke. It's the it's the smallest thing that we have this checklist that people need to follow. Like in yeah. terms of these are the things that you can get started, uh, and it's just when they finish when those they fin- tasks, then ah, they get right. a confetti. But there, but there was a new type of confetti or something. Yeah, we we had to have a very lengthy <laughs> ten minute discussion about what confetti to use. So the, right. these are just the many important tasks that we do in a normal work day, and it's understand. hard work. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, uh, and so now. What is on your roadmap? Like, your, so let's say your product roadmap, but also in general, like, uh, I mean, so you, you closed your, your seed, your pre-seed. Yeah. Now you're probably sort of, yeah, preparing for your seed round. Uh, any, any clue, any idea when that should close? Yeah. So we got, we got really great investors, uh, on board in the pre-seed round. We got plug and play and some really amazing, um, angels, uh, on board. So. We're, we're really happy about the, the current situation uh, there. Our big focus now is on working with directly with healthcare providers to make sure that PAL can get in the hands of as many um, patients and families as possible. Yeah. So we recently um, secured a pilot with the municipality of The Hague, which yeah, is a nice. really exciting um, deal. And, and PAL can now be uh, soon be used by, by all the f- patients and the caregivers right. there. So you have, a, you have a couple of milestones you, of course, want to achieve before going for the seed round. Yeah. So more of showing more traction, yeah. showing more product market fit. Uh, but so give, give me a sense of when when are you happy to go for that seed round? 
like timing wise or no milestones yeah. let's say milestones when, yeah. when when are you like okay i think if we if we have yeah. this number yeah. of people or this it has uh, it probably has very users. it doesn't have a lot to do with necessarily the um, the users like we already have a lot of families who are using it so mm-hmm. in terms of the more like consumer aspect uh we're pretty uh covered we know also from looking at the numbers and and in terms of our business model we know that also our more commercial objective is that we need to target uh, B2B. Mm. That's where we need to prove that we have right. traction and that's also what VCs will be expecting. So that's what we're working on now um, right. to to expand and, and work with more hospitals also in terms of pilots and also to convert them into, into regular uh, customers as well. So mm. our main focus now is on uh, traction in B2B. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Anything you want to ask people like any anything you want to yeah ask me other people like how can we help i think in general something that really helps us is whenever we get an introduction uh to anyone pretty much so whether that's an investor or it's uh someone working in a hospital or in any form of other um care setting where there are individuals with the life-limiting illness we're always interested in getting introductions that uh that is the most um, yeah, useful thing for us to, to get. And also if there's an, anyone out there listening that would like to try PAL, it's available for download on uh, the App Store and Google Play Store. So anyone can try it and just send us an email if anyone has any feedback or other wishes. We, we always uh, take that really into account. That, that's the perfect ending for me. Thanks. Thank you Thanks so, so much. much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to Pitch Day. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us. And for more information, please visit pitch.day.